Welcome and thanks for joining us on today's episode of Discussions with Derek and Susan. You can catch us on all major listening platforms and you can watch Derek and Susan live in the studio on YouTube. Now let's hand it over to Derek and Susan. Welcome back to Discussions with Derek and Susan and uh, we hope you enjoyed our first episode We'd love for you to just get the word out about our new podcast and we're coming to you live from our living room and uh, just having discussions, conversations that are going on about different issues. And of course, we can't discuss everything in the short time we have, but uh, it's good to get different perspectives and get people thinking. And so if you can help us to share this, you can hit the like button below. You can go do the share button. Give us some hearts and some love if you're if you're watching and uh, get the word out, uh, help the algorithm go up so we can uh, let more people know about this discussion and so they can be blessed too. So we had our very first interesting uh, first episode. We talk about what women want. And so today we're going to now put Derek on the hot seat and ask him what do men want in their wives in a marriage. Derek? Yeah, I think, you know, um, we talked about dealing with women, what women want, what women need. I think it is synonymous. But for men, they kind of, uh, you know, uh, articulate a little bit more. Men, we tend to be more logical. If you ask a man what he wants, he'll give you the top three things. Uh, to take care of my <laughs> take care of my children, take care of the dogs, and take care of the house. And give me lots of sex. That's a, no, no, no. That's a, that's a, uh, the, the, what, what people will think. That's what they think they need. But I think, you know, if you talk about what a man wants, I think he really wants um, – to, to have someone who will esteem him, uh, you know, in a marriage, of course, context, we're talking about marriage, we're not just talking about overall, because men in different stages want different things, need different things. But I think the number one thing a man wants is he wants uh, to be esteemed, he wants, um, you know, to be the hero, uh, and, and wants someone to, to, to really look up to him and, you know, and, uh, and, and be his greatest fan. And so I think that's the thing a, a woman can do is being his greatest fan and encouraging um, the problems we find lots of times in marriages and is that, um, you know, if the man um, is not esteemed, um, what will he'll do? He'll take a back seat and then the woman starts taking over the role mm. of 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 that, you know, leadership in the home because if the man is not confident, then he doesn't lead. And so, um, you know, uh, Dr. Evelyn Lewis Cole, one of the great mentors of the manhood movement, said this. He said, if. If uh, a man doesn't lead and the woman leads and the woman becomes his mother and you don't sleep with your mother. Oh, dear. And so <laughs> I think that's the role that can happen a lot of times where women are trying to do that because women come in and wanting to help the man. Um, you know, they're talking about the things that are shortcoming or what he could do better and all of that. But being careful as a woman not to emasculate the man, um, not to come in as if you know better, um, but coming in as that helper and not bruising a man's ego um, if a man's ego is bruised, then what will he do? He shuts down. He gives up. He just lets the woman take over. And then the roles get out of uh, out of line. And, and that's what happens. We see that a lot in, in marriages and in counseling right. where, yeah. where the man, you know, just works, wants to bring home the money. And the woman makes all the decisions of the home. Mm -hmm. uh, even when the kids come to the man, you know, what does he say? Ask your mother. And doesn't want to make anything because <laughs> he's so afraid to to make the, the wrong decisions. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, one of those things would be that, that to be um, – to encourage, to do it. Of course, for men, we've got to deal with our ego. Our ego is not going to be stroked all the time. And uh, I think there's times for, you know, a woman, she's got, if she's the helper, she can't just tell the man what he wants to hear and his head gets big and he gets a big ego. And that's not what I'm talking about. But knowing how to talk to a man um, and correct or say something, I think women, uh, you know, are the voice of the Holy Spirit a lot of times. 
Um, but learning how to 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 say something or come in without bruising the man's ego, without you know making him feel that way, and it, you know it's a delicate balance sometimes. But when that happens, um, you know that's when the marriage starts spiraling downwards. Right, I think that uh, passivity is definitely a major issue in our generation with the men, isn't it? Uh, we see a lot of uh, men very passive. In the way they, uh, in the way they lead their marriage and in their family, right? So um, even in Proverbs thirty one, it talks about the heart of the man trusts her. So it is important for the women to know how to care for the heart of a man as much as the the men to care for the heart of the woman. But our hearts uh, work very differently, isn't it? God just you know is such a amazing creator. Uh, but the man's heart is so strong; he can uh, show them many things. But the moment a, a man's heart is bruised, broken, then uh, he has he would have a major shutdown, and then he becomes passive. Uh, and he will just get into a corner, and all he does is just uh, plunge himself into work and busy with work, and just provide. But then you know there's a major disconnect, which is important uh, for the women to understand and for the men to know the symptoms. If he ever, if he uh, you know struggles with this major heart shutdown and being passive, but you know there is no way for a a, a woman needs to understand that. Esteem her husband and encourage her. But what is the true source for a man to really come to a place where he is, uh, where his heart is encouraged and esteemed? Yeah, I think you know, for men, they need examples. You know, we live in a fatherless generation, and so men need fathers. How can you be a father? How can you be a leader if you didn't have one? Um, most men come from divorced homes. They come from dysfunction. Um, to be a man means that you're a womanizer, and you know how many women have you had? Or you're taking. It's about dominion. And so the problem is men, you know, um, have difficulties in being a man because they don't really have the model, um, you know, and growing up and, and when I was mentored in, in manhood, uh, you know, one one of the statements that really shook me is that manhood and Christ likeness are synonymous. And so really, who is our model? It's Christ. So for those men who don't have a model, we need to get around God and look at Christ and who he was in his manhood and how he was as a leader and as a son and, um, you know, in all that he did, um, you know, in relating to the father and, and discipling his disciples and all that, and those are great examples, but also get around other men. How do you learn to be a man? You need to be around other men. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so I think for men, um, if we don't have men and mentors, men, you know, we, we, we trying to do it ourselves. We fake it until we make it, as the saying goes. And so that can be come very much out of our soul or out of what we, we've seen through media or, mm -hmm. you know, men's health or <laughs> magazines or whatever of what it means to be a man and that macho-ness and all of that mm -hmm. um, that's there. And the whole model of manhood gets messed up. I saw, you know, a statement the other day and someone wrote this. They said, you know, I wish that men would be men again. Mm -hmm. But what does that really mean? Who defines that? It shouldn't be culture. It shouldn't be society. It needs to be the word of God. It needs to be that security in God because there's going to be challenges. Um, how do you become strong? You you have conviction. Mm -hmm. um, it's not preferences. It's not just what you thought is right, but you've developed convictions. And I think that's the thing that speaks in, in the home. Uh, we, we as, as you know, we're talking about parents in our next series, but as a man in the home, as the father, as the husband, you have conviction. And so you're willing to lead in that and not back down on that and fight for that. Of course, have a great uh, conviction that's a godly conviction, not just one you pull right. out. But that's what um, 
gives a man that that ability. A man needs to lead. He needs to feel that he is the leader, um, and like you know, not shutting down someone's esteem, but letting the man lead and trusting God. You know, um, it's great for the the wife to encourage the husband to begin to um, tell the husband what she feels and and even you know add the input. But ultimately, the the man needs to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and trusting God, you know, and there's times I was, you know, wrong or you would say stuff and I didn't really get it or like it, but you would leave it and say, okay, well, I've said what I need to say and I'm going to trust God that God's going to speak. Um, if, if, uh, if, you know, if I'm right. And, and there were times that would happen, you know, I would go out and, and I'd pray and the Lord would speak and be like, you were wrong in this and correct me, but trusting that so that the man can lead. Um, and so it's important for the man. He's, he, he needs to be the leader. He needs to feel that he's the leader, even if he's not a great leader. How do you become a great leader? Well, you learn and you grow, and it, but it doesn't qual- disqualify you for being the leader that God's called you to be. Yeah, I think definitely there's so much truth in that. You know, uh, in in this time and season, the, the, there are many things that lay on the shoulder, the weight uh, on the men in our generation, right? And it's tough to be a leader uh, and uh, with culture, you know, the pressure of culture, uh, social media and all that. There's a lot of pressure. And um, so they need to have role models. They need to have people who will encourage them and show them the way, you know. And um, even the Bible says there are many leaders, but very few fathers, and I think that God is bringing back this, you know, God God is wanting to raise up a generation of fathers in this uh, in this time to uh, really encourage the men to rise up. I think the the problem with society is the lack of fathers, uh, you know, the absentee father, the lack of father figures uh, in uh, in homes, in families, in uh, ministry as well. So it's important for uh, men to rise up and be able to encourage other men to come along and um yeah and and take on that role to be a leader to to guide to govern and to um guard guard yes yeah that's right so um yet you know uh, women many a times uh, i i've heard many women you know they they ask me this question so what do i do if my husband refuses to lead you know what do I do? Do I just see, do I just carry on and pretend everything is okay? How do I encourage him to lead, you know, uh, besides saying the right thing and, and praying for him and encouraging him? You know, uh, sometimes uh, men, because of what they've gone through while they're growing up or their experiences uh, with that, uh, with, because they, they shut down in their heart, they lack the courage to lead. But but a woman is waiting for the man to lead her. So how? What? What other things would you advise besides praying and 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 just encouraging with your words? Yeah, I think it's you know part of like you know we talk about fatherhood and becoming. You can't be a father if you're not a son. But even dealing with my son, you know things like that. Kids when they're younger, what do they tend to say? I don't care. You decide. I don't. They don't want to make a decision. They don't want to lead. And many men are like that. They're adult, you know, adolescent. They've never learned to lead. Someone has always done it for them. Um, someone's always you know, picked up, stood in the gap and done it. But if we keep doing it for them, they're never going to learn. And so I would say, you know, to a woman and answer that question, refuse to lead. The problem is women will just take over and do it. And what happens? We create a pattern and the woman's frustrated. Now she's resentful to the man, which makes him feel more inadequate. Refuse to lead. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. What do you think we should do? I don't know. Maybe you should go talk to someone. 
Why don't you go pray? Let's pray together mm-hmm. and and force him to lead. Well, well, why don't you just decide? No, I'm not going to decide. You're the husband. You're the leader of the home. I'm here to help you. This is some advice I can give you. Go talk to your pastor. Talk to your connect group leader. You know, go get a book mm-hmm. <laughs> and, re- and, and force That's them good. to grow and do it. You know, just like I would do with my son, you know, with Ethan or my spiritual sons and, and do that, um, you know, when they're young you you do things for them you know when mm-hmm. a kid's a baby you know they they can't do anything but when they get older you know we got to put away the childish ways and we got to lead mm-hmm. and even if we make a mistake i'm not talking about something detrimental that's going to put the family in debt for 20 years <laughs> not that yeah. major decision but let them make a mistake mm-hmm. and don't rub their face in it well oh, well that didn't work maybe we shouldn't do that next time <laughs> you know and i don't remember right. when i had a you know when we were newly married i don't even think we had kids yet and i made a bad investment decision you know, and, and lost a large sum of money. But when I came back and I felt already so terrible, you didn't rub my face in it. You're like, oh, man, we shouldn't have done that. And like you you said a few things, but you already knew that I was down. You didn't kick me when I was down. But that that helped me. And I never did that again. I learned from it. But, you know, if, if it had gone the other way and you're the financial planner, well, you don't know what you're doing. I'm going to handle the money from now on. I mean, me, I would not have grown. And so I think that's hard for the woman to do sometimes because we do care a lot and we want to be that nurturer, but we got to know our role. Yeah. Um, just like in the workplace, you know, you have your role. If you're you're the CEO, you have a role, you're a CFO, you have a role and we work together, but you don't step out of your boundary and take on the role that you're not supposed to do. Let me tell you, it's more difficult to not lead than to lead, right? To not do to, to just step back and not try to uh, save that person or salvage the situation yep. because you know that that is out of your boundary. Yep. Uh, and, and it's so difficult. That's why so many women, uh, you know, they will fall into this entrapment and they will want to come and save the man, will want to come and save their son, save their husband. And what? It crippled the men. Yeah. It crippled the men to uh, learn from their mistakes, rise up against the odds, and once again lead with courage. And uh, there were many times when our kids were young, and I, I really learned uh, from you when they would uh, fall off their swing, for example. And you would immediately put them back on the swing because you want them to learn uh, how to get back up and know that the swing is fun. It's, it's not that you will always fall and hurt <laughs> yourself. You know, I, I think that that is a great lesson in life, uh, which is important to, uh, to know that we will all fail. But with God, we can stand up again yeah. uh, and we can learn from our mistake. We don't end there. We keep going. We keep going. And so it's so difficult for a lot of women because um, we just have that nurturing, like you said, that nurturing uh, gift on the <laughs> gift, you know, that design on the inside of us to want to help, to want to be the help me. But wisdom will tell us when we should not help. Yeah. And what kind of help we must render. If not, we will be an enabler. And then we have uh, children that uh, grow up and they, you know, they will not be able to solve their own problem. The The power uh, that as parents we need to give our children is the, that they have the power of choice and they have the ability uh, with God to solve the problems in their lives. Yeah. So uh, I think that is uh, very well said. 
I believe God has released an apostolic anointing for breakthrough. It's the ox anointing, an anointing that's not just for the apostle, but for a people that are downloading the strategies of heaven into their life, into their businesses, into their family, into their ministries. This ox anointing is available for everyone and we desire to see you getting into breakthrough. Consider becoming a Breakthrough Mentorship Partner today so that we can partner together with you, join our faith together with you, and believe God for your breakthrough. the things that you would uh, you know uh, advice that you give well, to the women just to jump in before we move on that I think you know in anything you know we kind of talk about children and all that and that example for a minute it's the order our role and God has given those roles and so we can't violate that role and think we know how to do it better right. when we do that we mess things up and so I would say you know for the woman who finds it you know wants to nurture and take over maybe you have a man who's not good in things it's so hard to do that mm-hmm. and take a step back but ultimately, we have to ask ourselves, do we trust God in his right. role and his design? Right. And in, in, in that if they mess it up, we're still going to be okay. God is still on the and throne. And God is on the throne. <laughs> and God still loves us. And yes. God is not going to allow something to happen. So it really comes in trusting God mm-hmm. um, and giving room for everyone to grow. But right. if we don't give that room to grow, we're not going to grow. So, yeah. you know, for the man, you know, that encourager, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, being the leader, yeah. that's important. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, thirdly is is men need to also have that room for themselves. So as the men, mm. you know, sometimes, um, you know, in, in different seasons of life, we can always be doing things for other people, you know. And so, you know, we're trying to spend time with our wives, trying to make our wife happy. Kids come along. We, you know, we're working. We got to spend time with the kids and all of that. But sometimes men, we don't have time for ourselves, and mm-hmm. I know in different seasons, it's different. You can't live like a single when you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, but even though you're married in different seasons, you still got to have that time for yourself. And so, you know, there were times I'm so busy and my off day is a family day. And that's great. I love my family, but I don't have me time. Mm-hmm. And so I think creating that time for us and a woman needs that too, um, for the man to just have that time for himself, that time to do something so he's not burning out and burning the candles on both ends. And so that balance of that, because, you know, men, we still have that playfulness. We still have that side of us that we need to have it. And I think women have it, too, maybe different. But, you know, if you're an athletic person, have that time to go to the gym, have that time to play sport. Um, you know, if you're a reader, have time to read a book and it's not just for work and all that and create that boundary, because if not, men get overstressed. And I think that's um, the need, I would say, the third one to summarize is balance. Having that balance so that we're healthy, we're focusing on our relationship, our family, and having health, our marriage, having health, healthy relationships outside. There's so many men I meet, and you know, I, I had a one man, and you know, I, I asked him to come to the gym with me. We went to the gym, and he was so shocked like I went to the gym. And I'm like, yeah, you need to have, and he he was like, and I realized like a lot of men don't have friends. They get married and when they get married, they, they leave their friends, they leave, you know, and there is an adjustment. Like I said, you can't live as a single, but you should still maintain those other relationships outside of that. But so many men, they don't, they don't have men they can talk to, they don't men they can emulate. They go to church, they may have some acquaintances, but they're always with their family. They're always with their kids. They're always with that, which is not healthy. We need to keep maintaining those relationships and keeping that balance. You know, of course, there's times when you've got kids in diapers and you've got, 
it's it's not so realistic. But long term, we've got to have that balance in life so that we're healthy and we're still making time for us. And when we do that, we're going to be a better husband. We're going to be a better father, a better pastor or whatever it is that we're doing. Um, you know, keeping balance and knowing our needs and doing it. And sometimes men just shut down emotionally. They don't do that. They don't maintain. They're not healthy emotionally. And then they get shut down. They're going through the motions. But no wonder they're having issues in relationship when they're not healthy. So we've got to be healthy. we got to keep growing ourselves. We've got to be healthy, not selfish, but healthy so that we can have healthy relationships. Yeah. And I think that applies to the women as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when are you going to the gym nights? Huh? I don't know. It's a busy week. It's a busy week. I went Monday. So. <laughs> yes, I think uh, you often say a happy wife is a ha- a happy wife is a happy life. I think so. A happy husband is also a healthy uh, life, a happy life as well. Yeah. Um, so you know, we talk about the disorder when um, men and women don't take their position. You know, in in their marriage, there is disorder. Can you just maybe elaborate a little bit about uh, when disorder happens? What is uh, what are the signs, the symptoms, and you know the consequences? Yeah, I think disorder is one when we don't go into we're not fulfilling the roles God's given us. Number two, we violate things. So if we're doing things, you know, to sacrifice, and we're doing things because we feel obligated. Um, even God says, when we give, be a cheerful giver. It has to come out. And there's certain things we need to be responsible. But when you keep violating that, what happens? You become resentful and you, you things get out of order. And so we can't be living that way. And then what happens? The woman will resent the man because she's forced to do things and her heart's not in it. The man is doing things because he feels his wife wants to do it or he needs to do it. And, and we shut those things down. So I think that that order is having our healthy relationship with God, knowing our role, and also maintaining our, our, our health. You know, happy wife, happy life, happy husband, happy life. No, we happiness is a choice. And we have to uh, keep our own garden and, happy, and keep our stuff healthy. If I'm not healthy as a man, how can I be health, have a healthy marriage? If you're not healthy as a woman, how can we have a healthy family with our kids? Mm-hmm. So we have to we have to maintain that. And I think no one can do that for us. We need to communicate to each other. But keeping order is keeping health in our life. We mm-hmm. prosper as our soul prospers in our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, maintaining those things. And as we're healthy people, then we make healthy partners in a marriage. If we're not healthy as a single, don't think marriage is going to solve your problem. That's right. And so maintaining that health, that balance. If everybody is different, you know, some people we we need to, you know, uh, intellectually maybe have a, a certain level of intellectual input to be healthy. Some it's physical. Um, you know, we're stressed, and the way we deal with that, we need to go for a run. We need to go to the gym. We need to do that. Other people, it's not about that. It's it's going, you know, entertainment or thing. Or, or prayer and all those things, you know, prospering ourselves, our spiritual life, our spouse can't take the place to bring that health. Emotionally, we need to communicate, but if we're not healthy emotionally, that person can't help us to be healthy. Physically, you know, you have to determine what you eat. I'm not with you 24 hours a day. I'm not going to police you. If you're going to be healthy, you got to maintain your own health. And, and, and I think taking responsibility for that before God, um, as a son of God, as a daughter of God, and then when we come together, we help each other, encourage each other, and because we're healthy, we bring health to the table. Mm, very good. I do have a question for you, Derek. And uh, this is a question that I think most women will want to ask. Uh, in general, we see that uh, women are more spiritual. 
than men. They are spiritually more hungry, uh, more devoted, you know, uh, to God, to the house of God. And most uh, men tend to uh, not be that, right? Uh, tend to be more withdrawn, uh, just go with the flow. I'm just talking general. Of course, there are many men that are on fire, hungry for God and all that. But generally, we see that most women, they complain about their husband not being uh, as spiritual, right? So how would you advise women who are facing uh, those challenges uh, to uh, navigate in those situations? And how would you advise them to uh, encourage their husband to be more spiritual? Yeah, a huge question. I think we could do a whole episode on that. Um, but I think, you know, how do we define spirituality? Um, to say women are more spiritual, look at the Bible. Throughout the Bible, it's all the men that were spiritual. The prophets, the you know disciples were all men. It wasn't the women that were just spiritual. Of course, there were always women involved. I'm not negating that, and culture speaks into that. But God made Adam before He made Eve. He didn't make Eve and then make Adam. He walked with Adam in the cool of the day. There was that point. But I think the way that it expresses, you know, part of the problem in the church is we've made spirituality effeminate. The worship leaders are the women. You know, there's more women serving. There's more of that, and so a man cannot be a woman. In, in the sense of how he emulates that, you know, and even some of the songs, you know, we have this song about sloppy wet kiss and all this, and it's written by a woman, but a man's not going to relate to that. We're made differently. So I think it's giving the man the ability to be spiritual and how God's made them in his masculinity. And of course, there's similarities, not that we shouldn't be expressive, but not defining it that I just pray all the time and travail and cry and worship and and in that part of it. Um, women are more heartfelt, women are more emotional, so they open up easier. But for a man, he may need to open up through the word and revelation first because he's more of an intellectual. That's okay. God has given us the Bible, and Paul was that kind of person. Peter was more the heartfelt. Paul was a scholar. And so finding that uh, avenue into a man of what way does he connect with God, it may be different than a woman and not putting a man in a box and having to do that. So I would say that, you know, just to to break that kind of cycle of how the church has defined spirituality um, and, and, and putting that, letting the man connect with God in the way he does. Spirituality is not all um, outward. It's not activity-based only. But I think getting men hunger, hungry for God and letting them see a different model, different pathway, there's many we pass to, to God it doesn't have to be the way the wife is or the wife's coming and the way she prays and you know maybe she's an intercessor or you know she's 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 that kind of person the man may approach it differently but that's okay um that's still the spirituality in that way and giving men that thing a way to do that um for men you know they're not going to open up in a crowd you know the women's meeting your women's meetings are bigger than my men's meeting uh, and we have to do more activity based and build relationship and get people to open up the way we open up is different but I think men still can open up. We need to to speak a man's language. We need to connect with a man in a way they relate. And when we do that, we start seeing spirituality coming out of them. And I had to deal with that because I'd look and, you know, we, we can't do the men's ministry the way we do the women's ministry. It's different. Mm -hmm. Men are different. So that's how I've kind of answered that and doing that. And for the woman, let the man be the man. Let him be around uh, men. A, a man has to teach a man how to be a man. A woman mm -hmm. can't teach him how to be That's a man. Right. Yeah. And, and the same goes for women in certain things. And so mm -hmm. letting them come into that distinctive, encouraging them. What is spirituality? We love God. We have our priorities for God. We build our life upon the word of God. 
we're in the purpose and calling of God, and we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, all of our strength. That spirituality, it's not just in the outward expression of personality or femininity. God is both feminine and masculine, and allowing that and building a church where we can also have both of those distinctives portrayed um, so that men can see that example. I will also define spirituality as the degree of dependency upon God. It's not just the outward expression of uh, reading uh, reading the Bible and praying, yeah. but the dependency on God. I think one of the challenges that men face is uh, because they are just so driven uh, naturally, they are problem solver. So uh, they have a very uh, tendency to rely on their own ability to solve their own problem. So I think um, whether men or women, I think the the degree is to um, and you know to inspire them, encourage them uh, to look at situation from God's perspective. Right, and to involve God in uh, every stage of their manhood, every this uh, in, in their marriage, in their relationship, to always uh, look to God and see what would God say about that. So I think as a woman, what we can do to encourage them is to uh, always bring in the perspective of God and allow them to see God for themselves, yeah. and and get a different perspective and uh, to you know observe. And to always be observant where our husband is going and what are the decisions. And when we question those decisions uh, and, and we need to inject God in that, we can always, uh, with our questions and with our encouragement, uh, push them to seek counsel from God's word, seek counsel in the presence of God. And that, that will be how we can help them to also bring in God's perspective. Definitely, definitely. You know, and I think it's, it's again, about the leadership part. You know, women tend to be more prophetic. They tend to do those things. But let the man hear from different. Maybe he needs to go get in his Bible and get a scripture, and God's going to speak to him differently. But that's still spirituality, and, and agree. It's, it's building our life, not just on disciplines, but those disciplines produce an intimacy. They produce a revelation. They produce a conviction. That's spirituality. Um, and, and building on the Word of God. So there you have it. What do men want? <laughs> we kind of uh, opened up a lot of uh, worms here, but we can't deal with everything. But I hope you've been blessed by the discussion here. And uh, share this, like it, get the word out. If you have any questions, you can write to us at info at derekdunn.org. And uh, we're going to be having some question and answers um, in some of the episodes as we go through, uh, as we end this season. Hope you've been blessed and we will see you uh, next time. See you in the next episode. Discussions with Derek and Susan.